right, you guys. We are back for our next episode. And uh, today we are going to be talking about a topic that I find pretty interesting, which is humility and modesty. And I'll explain a little bit more about that when we get into it. But yeah, I'm ready to dive right on into it. Duffy is over here being real quiet. She's sipping on her water. I'm just like, I'm thinking about this topic and I'm like, okay, so in some instances, I, okay, we'll we'll get into it. We'll get into it. I'm in thought. She's in thought. But all right, sit back, relax, um, get your nail file, get some cuticle oil on there. Make sure that you are real comfortable, and I we have to stop with this. I just, I'm, I'm trying, y'all, but we about to dive in. We chosen. Okay, so let's talk about humility and modesty. Let's. So first, um. Well, gosh, I always do that. No, well, not always, but I have a bad habit of saying, okay, let's dive right into it. And I try to let us check in first before we uh, get into the topic. So first and foremost, how are you, Duffy? This is your second episode back. I'm feeling really wild. Um, <laughs> I'm having lots of, not anxiety, but adrenaline. Mm. I'm having a good level of stress where... It is propelling me to get a lot of things done really quickly. Mm-hmm. I would be proud of myself this week. A lot of things have been knocked off of my task list. Mm-hmm. And maybe I can share some of those things with you later. Oh, cool. I'm excited about that. Mm-hmm. Cool. How are you? Um, I like the stress. Thank you. This is the second compliment I've gotten. I've gotten on this, and it's, I've had it for so long. but You don't wear it. Yeah, it reminds me of a carpet. Or uh, curtains. It is very tablecloth-esque. However. It looks like a Christmas, I a love special it. Christmas tablecloth. It looks good on you. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. But um, I guess I'm, I'm all right. I am a little stressed because I have a lot of work to get done between now and Sunday. And yes. so um, that includes schoolwork. And also I'm helping my brother. Uh, get prepared for his festival, Locals Fest, when which is, is a fest. It is going to be on September twenty eighth from eleven to six p.m. Very good at Armstrong Park. Awesome. And so, yeah, we we'll just give him a little shout out because he is doing something that I think is incredibly important, which is highlighting local artists mm-hmm. who may or may not be getting the play that I would say that they deserve. Which, I mean, all artists, I think, deserve an opportunity to, you know, show off their skills and their talents. But I think first and foremost, New Orleans is, like, really saturated with a lot of talented people. And so sometimes it's just, like, this battle to get on the main stage. And if you are lucky enough to become a name you get access to that more often and more, you know, a little easier, I think. And so we have a lot of people who are just as talented um, who don't get to see that same kind of uh, shine. They don't get that same shine. So he's trying to make that, you know, make this... He's putting on this festival to give more people an opportunity to get their shine on on a main stage that's awesome little fun tidbit jazz fest was started by locals for locals yeah that's and that's the thing is like before jazz fest was the big thing that it is before it was like this before it was taken over yeah like jazz fest is like a monster of a festival now and i think that um it it's has lost some of that local flavor even though we do still have you know tents that are dedicated to local artists um that even is still uh you know a game of like a bureaucracy of who knows who and who you know what kind of clout do you have to get on those stages exactly i mean the thing about it is jazz fest was snatched yeah that's the truth of the matter and so like with him starting this locals fest as long as you know locals are running it i think it'll remain locals fest yeah and the oh, idea good. is that that's will it will always be that it will always honor its first mission, which is to showcase these local artists, mm-hmm. but put them on the you know at the forefront, so that they can get 
their name out there because it's so hard. It can be so hard. So, yeah, no, shout out to my little brother. But I'm awesome. trying to be, you know, good big sis and work on these signs and do all this. So, I'm, that's that's my weekend. But otherwise, I'm still healthy. I'm still breathing. Mm-hmm. You know, things are well. So, yeah, that that's it. But, um. As far as this topic is concerned, <laughs> why don't we start with the definitions of both humility and modesty, just to be clear about what we're talking about. Sure. All right. Modesty. Modesty is behavior, manner, or appearance intended to avoid impropriety or indecency. Okay. Cool. You get that? Yeah. Very good. Humility? Sure. All right. Humility is a modest or low view of one's own importance. Humbleness. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so the reason I thought about this was that when people ask me about myself or when people play up, I guess, my accomplishments or you know, what I'm doing now, I always have a tendency to downplay yeah I downplay myself a lot (laughs) so are you so what's the difference between like downplaying something and humility then I think well to to answer that question I think we have to look at the why okay kind of explore that a little bit because I'm curious as to not only you know how I'm like, I'm curious. Well, let's see. Let me frame this question differently. I think I'm curious about how this looks in black women in particular. Mm. Because I know that we have a lot of barriers and a lot of obstacles that we must overcome to get to where, you know, we are trying to go. Mm-hmm. And not necessarily just in, oh, I'm pursuing a graduate degree or I'm um, trying to own a business. But just in general, in whatever space that you're trying to maneuver, it could be really hard to, you know, stunt on yourself. Because I think traditionally, or historically rather, you know, society has not been kind to black women. We have yeah. had to basically um, fight our way out of very problematic stereotypes about our abilities and what we um, can strive for and what we are truly capable of in, in a lot of areas. Yeah. And so um, sometimes when I think about the when I think about the why, at least for me, Sometimes I think that if I brag about myself too much, that peop- that will actually make people think of me, l- like, less. Like, I want... I'm a, I'm a, I fear uh, being perceived as, like, a phrase that I've used is, like, just being chronically average, and I'm thinking too highly of myself, and I'll just get torn down if I think too highly of myself, so I play myself down. I know this was. I don't know if this, I don't think that the, the intentions of this episode was to be a fun one anyway. <laughs> so to think to think too highly of yourself, it can be fun. Yeah, it can still be fun. We can still laugh, Kiki. To think too high, you don't. You're afraid to project the thought that you're too high. You you think highly of yourself because you're afraid to get torn down. Yeah. And I think that a lot of that plays into the fact that in not only just being a woman, but being a black woman, I feel that there's already an idea of who I am Mm -hmm. and what I, you know, like who I am and what I'm capable of. And I'd I'd rather just my actions show that and Uh people, you know, like rather than me say it myself, like, yeah, I'm the shit. Because I feel like the moment I say, yeah, I'm the shit, someone's going to point out all of the ways in which I'm not the shit. And it's like, yeah, see, you, you know. And that's and that's just, you know, to keep it a buck, this is just an example of the ways in which, you know, um, white supremacy and, and just like racism in general has still has that trickle-down effect 
and we're still working it out of our um working it out of our uh what, what's the word i'm thinking of our subconscious yeah like we're still working it we're still um exercising it out exorcising it out of our you know subconscious and trying to you know rid ourselves of some of these uh ideologies around blackness and you know what we are and what we're capable of and that you see that and and you know just our worth you see it in like campaigns like black girls rock you see it in uh, my black is beautiful yeah you just like you know it's like this it's this concentrated effort to push past the the negative um the negativity that has been I don't know why the words are just not flowing today. Like, my brain is literally, like, I can hear, like, sputtering as I'm talking. This girl is so tired. And you know what, too? She needs some rest. And maybe it's not even that. stress and rest. I'll give you an... This is actually might be a perfect example. Mm -hmm. Because right now, as I'm speaking, I am always really, really conscious of how I speak. The words that are coming out of the your words mouth. that are coming out of my Your mouth vernacular because I am I've 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 always been known to be really articulate mm-hmm. and to just to be just a bright person in general and I've become even more conscious now about that because that's all I hang around most of the time are intellectuals and academics and people who have broad vocabularies and things and I think the moment I misspeak or I stumble over a word, or if I use a word incorrectly, if things just don't flow, then my intelligence immediately comes into question. Yeah. And it is... You're worried that others are going to perceive you a certain way. Yeah. And, I th- and, that has to, and that's why I always, like, I just try and stay low-key. Hmm. And, it, I mean, it, it goes beyond academia, and we can get into that. But, um... Yeah, what are your thoughts on it? Because we've been talking just about me. What, what about you? Well, I, my my perspective on it is similar, but it's a little different. Um, for example, I don't like to... I will tell people that I went to a university in North Carolina mm-hmm. instead of saying where I went. Okay. Because for me, it's more so about not wanting to sound braggadocious. Yeah. But it's not coming from a place of like... Like I can't, I I shouldn't brag about it because I got I got to that place on my own merit, but it's more so like I don't want I don't want it to sound like I'm just you know like I'm I'm better than other people. Okay. And I'm wondering if that comes from a place of I'm wondering where that comes from. Like that's why I was like you really have me in thought because okay yeah it might come from. A place of like, well, you know, if you say that you're, you, if you're saying certain things, that means you're better than other people. Right. And you don't want to seem like you're trying to be better than yeah. other people. Because normally I say this, I mean, normally when people ask me these questions, they tend to be white people. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of like, do you, do I not want to like make white people feel like I'm better than them? Is that it? Or is it just like, I never wanted to ever be the one to shit on anybody? I mean, it could be both. Because, like, in in thinking about, like, just with white folks and stuff, I think that um, it is, like, a consciousness that I am thinking, you know, I'm, 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 I'm thinking that what if this person is already assuming that I did not, earn my way like I you know I don't deserve where to be where I'm at I never worry about that that's not that's not where my worry comes from funny enough oh yeah no and yeah no that that's a sometimes that's a me thing oh (laughs) no not yeah not you I I know I do think that sometimes I but I I think when I think when I think those kind of thoughts it's usually in a specific setting yeah and it's usually based upon the energy that somebody's giving me yeah so I'm usually kind of like right. Mm-hmm. At least it's been proven that a person has thought 
such of me. Yeah. And so I can kind of pick that up. But just off the cuff, like when we're talking about where some where I went to school or mm-hmm. if we're talking about if we're just having a dialogue and I'm worried about the words that I'm using or if I'm presenting something and I'm worried about how I sound or how I'm presenting myself, I don't necessarily worry to worry about whether or not someone is concerned with how I got to this place. I mean, it only becomes a concern to me because I'm I'm thinking that if that is what you're thinking of me, mm-hmm. then the moment that I expose myself to you with, you know, my pride and what I'm doing and what I know and all of that, you'll take that as an opportunity to try and knock me down a peg. And like I said, it's not just within like academia and I think this is more so That's a real in grad school though. Yeah, like it's a real concern. This is my second go round of, of grad school. Like in my masters, I don't think I felt that way so much. And then in my undergrad, definitely not because all my teachers were black except mm-hmm. for like one. So I was in a completely different environment. But here, nothing has made me question me more mm-hmm. than being in the, the doctoral program. Yeah. Um, quite honestly, I, I think this comes from a number of different different places. In some instance, instances, we all carry, like, baggage. We all carry, like, insecurities. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, but, you know, a lot of our insecurities are developed contextually. They're developed in through environments, through social interactions, through mm-hmm. things that we perceive. So, you know, it's kind of like whenever this developed it had to come from somewhere we always talk about the fact that you know racism and prejudice is alive and well and Mm -hmm. a lot of times it's very covert but because of that these things kind of get into our psyche without us you know knowing about it or being able to acknowledge that this is where this particular insecurity is coming from Mm -hmm. so then down the line you know here we are in a in grad school and we're trying to figure out who we are. We're trying to develop ourselves. We're trying to be students and we're trying to learn, yet we're trying to prove ourselves at the same time. Right. It's always a feeling of I have to prove myself. I have to mm-hmm. prove myself. Mm-hmm. And if I have not proven myself, then what position am I in to even really brag about anything? Right. That's like, and, and it, it's... Yeah. Because I'm, I'm having this conversation not just to, you know, be all woe is me. I want to have a candid conversation about this because I want to think around what kind of solutions that we can have for this yeah. and what the path to being more self-assured. Like this. Yeah, like what that feels like. Yeah. Because I can't tell you, like, how many times our you know our director of clinical training and like my supervisor and supervisors in the past have been like do you know how how like bright you are do you know what you are capable of because I can see it and it takes hearing other people tell me about me to remind me that I am like literally out my mind sometimes about how poorly I can you know can speak about myself that makes me like that makes me proud of like you because and it makes me there's a difference between you and I and the fact that you are willing to talk to a number of different people about this you know what I'm saying you're like you will tell people this information (laughs) and so that allows you to get this kind of feedback like me on the other hand I I don't talk to people about this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. For me, it's like, I'm not going to brag and I'm not going to talk about what school I go to. I'm not going to talk about what program I'm in. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say, oh, I'm going to be a doctor one day. I'm not going to do all of this because for me, the bar is so much higher. Right. You know, for me, okay, I'm a doctor. There's lots of black women who are doctors. There's lots of black women who are doing, you know, just amazing things. Mm-hmm. You know, besides, even if they're not doctors, there's black women who are running programs and doing things that affect communities that are, that are affecting states, that are affecting our country. And so for me, the bar is so much higher. And so I'm just, that's what keeps me. Right. And I want to say, I want to say humble yeah i think it i think it's i think it's humility more than me feeling less than because i haven't reached i haven't reached my own expectations i know how much i'm capable of Mm -hmm. and 
I just can't I just can't brag about where I am or I can't I don't feel comfortable with other people saying you've done so well you should Mm -hmm. be so proud girl you're doing you're doing everything and it's Mm -hmm. like no I think there's a little bit of truth to that honestly because black excellence is it's expanding now and and it's wide it's vast and you can't really calculate it and I honestly feel like not enough people are aspiring to it and I have so I have two points in the question and I might have forgotten one of the points so Mm -hmm. bear with me because my brain again sputtering shutting down so one of them was like when you mentioned oh I don't tell anybody I'm a doctor or anything like that when I do make statements like that like oh you know you're I'll do like hashtag your favorite future psychologist. Mm -hmm. I'm doing that more or less to remind myself of where I am and what I'm, you know, getting to, you know. And so, like, it's more of a for for a me thing than like a braggy kind of thing. Yeah. And second point. And that's good. Yeah. And and like we we have to have those checkpoints with ourselves to be like, you are on your way to being what you've uh, you know have aspired to be for years now and so for me like those kind of reminders i don't necessarily need me mm-hmm. because i chastise myself internally see and that brings me to my well that all right there's because that's that's actually the question with my own ass <laughs> and that's the so maybe i'll skip to the question yeah because i can't remember the second point it went away but um so the question is 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 there such thing as too much humility to to being too modest and i think based on what we both said the answer is yes, because at some point we gotta hype ourselves up. And I think the the matter is when and in what instances and right. circumstances. What's appropriate and what? Because I am like one thing that I am super conscious of is never wanting to come off as an elitist. Yeah, I am not among your talented tenth. I don't do that. Excuse me. Y'all, I'm not even going to comment on what I'm watching right now. <laughs> I had to release my wiggle. Anyway, <laughs> go on. Okay, Frida. Um, but yeah, no, I think that that... that girl, what was I talking about? <laughs> that you're not an elitist? Oh, yeah. That. <laughs> but yeah, no, I always want to make sure that when I do speak about what it is that I do that I am saying it just to state effect. Yeah. So, like, I'm even really, you know, like, I'm mild and when mild in my response when people ask me, what am I doing? It's like, oh, yeah, I'm in grad school. Oh, what are you doing? What are you working on? Are you working on your master's? And I'm like, no, I'm just working on my, my doctorate in clinical psychology. Leave me alone. Girl, <laughs> I'm like, I say that so... Because I'm just like, I think, like, just by... I'm always just thinking, like, man, if I say I'm working on my doctor, they're going to think, oh, she, you know. And for me, it's like was, that shit puts you in some tough positions. Like, yeah. I don't want people knowing what I'm... That's like, okay, when you get rich, all right? Because you will be that. When you get rich and... Yes, yes. When you get rich and you move into your apartment on the west side, whatever... Would you want it to look really deluxe on the outside, knowing that there's people who will want to come and take your shit? Or would you want it to look shabby or average and then have all that you need and all that you ever wanted on the inside? Dog, I've always thought that when I make the, make the, um, the means, I'm still going to live below them. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to make six figures or uh, maybe more one day. If you know, God says the same with my what I have kind of planned with out. With my one car, with my my car that, just, that's my luxury car that I love, mm-hmm. and then my family van. Girl, I'm gonna have one car, and we hopping in. This is gonna be a luxury van. Like, yes. <laughs> like I can't. You I, know? I, I, going hither and to with with different individuals is hard. So we have to have two. Yeah. We can have the nice one that if you're riding by yourself, go ahead and ride it, mm-hmm. and then we have the family car. But the point that I'm making is I just I'm not the type of person that I don't need everybody knowing what I have mm-hmm. and I don't need everybody checking my goods because mm-hmm. that's when people like come for you 
Yeah. You're right in that instance. People literally come for you. They either, you know, maybe jealous and want to knock you down a peg mm-hmm. and may do underhanded shit to get that done. Mm-hmm. Which in this setting, I could kind of see it happening. It would really take some effort. I feel like it's been tried on you. It's been tried on me. Oh, yeah. And we've made it through. Um, the other instances, people will always want to use you for something. Mm-hmm. And so for me, that's why it's like, I don't need everybody to know what I'm doing. But right. in certain instances, I need people to know. And it serves a purpose. Like, here we are in at a predominantly, this is a, a HBCU, mm-hmm. you know? And so should these young people know who we are? Yeah. Yes. I met a young it's lady downstairs and had a whole conversation with her. She seemed fascinated. I was going to pick up a, a, a an assessment. I was picking up the WJ. She's like, what is this for? Why do you use this? What is mm-hmm. this for? And just uh, I ran it down. I'm like, yeah, no, I'm upstairs. I'm in the doctoral program. Mm-hmm. If you want to talk about it, I'll give you my number and we can, you know, chat. Like, if you're interested. And so, like, yeah, in that, in that sense. Yes. And it's like, sure. hey, here, here I am conducting you know my classmates study you know mm-hmm. willy-nilly like we're just i'm just here doing this because i'm like at this point in, in the game i'm kind of mindless with shit like yeah. i'm just trying to get it done but it, i'm finding out how much more it means you know this person is sitting here in front of me and they're like you know i actually came and i participated in this study because i kind of wanted to know what it was like to be a psychologist Oh. I wanted to know what you know. I I know that sometimes people study like guinea pigs and things like that for mm-hmm. you know to understand cancer better or treatments for cancer, but that's not really like me or behavior. Yeah, they were like, but that's not really like me. I I don't see myself doing that. She was like, but sitting here and doing this particular study, mm-hmm. I can see myself. If this is more interesting, this might meet the mark. Yeah, and then they asked if they were gonna be with me again. Why would they need to be asking about that? I don't know. But, you know, we're also role models. And even as we conduct, mm-hmm. you know, therapy with people who are of the same skin tone, mm-hmm. they it's important that they see us and that they know who we are. And it's important for us in those cases to be very braggadocious about, I have done this, 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 and this. Right. Because it's more so about you can too. So sometimes it's like not even necessarily a matter of humility, but a matter of privacy. Yeah. And and yeah, 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 yeah. So some, but for me, I think like from you, it sounds like it's definitely just like stay out of my pockets. And it's, it's stay out, <laughs> it's stay out my pockets to an extent. Yeah. And it's humbleness at the point where I have not reached my my max. Right. But I think that what we can do for ourselves and for others who may be feeling similar to, you know, to what we're kind of expressing right now, I think that we have to have checkpoints yeah. along the way to the big goals mm-hmm. to to keep, you know, keep as a reminder that even though we may not necessarily be where we'd like to be, we are very much so on our way and we have made a lot of you know, we've made a lot of strides and uh, achieved a lot of things mm-hmm. on that path. And so it's okay to be like, yeah, you did that. Like, yeah, you know, like it, it, it could be really challenging to say it out loud, but sometimes you just got to practice saying it out loud and realize that even if someone is going to try and take you down or maybe question your um, competence mm-hmm. or question how you got there or even think that just by you saying that by virtue of you just saying that you are in such a thing that they'll you know have this expectation that oh you must be really cocky or something like that you know yeah and so uh i think we have to just remind ourselves that even with that um all of those things that i just mentioned you know people can do what they like and they still can't take that away from you yeah and that's what I have to remind myself is that even if someone questions me, they can't take away that I have two master's degrees that I worked my ass off for. And that I am, you know, I've been a part of, like I made a, a, like a mentoring program and whatnot. And I've done, 
these like the, the uh, love out loud hurt out loud heal out loud that was like you know that's a project that is just very near and dear to my heart you know and it's like it's okay to say like yeah you did that mm-hmm. because you got to remember that the you're reminding yourself not to put anyone down like i'm not punching down by mentioning my achievements and my what i've done yeah i'm i'm trying to i say that to uplift myself and maybe uplift someone else so it's just like something i have to constantly remind myself of and it even extends to you know like when i think about uh beauty and things like i think before academics humility and humbleness and all that kind of stuff like started out with um physical features for me because mm. it was never feeling very comfortable with my body never feeling very comfortable with like my facial features always thinking that I wasn't quite pretty enough and so when people would tell me that oh you're so pretty oh you're so cute or oh you're beautiful to this day that shit makes me uncomfortable Mm -hmm. to to this day to this day you You missed the ref you don't know what I'm talking about? No, what are you talking about? To this day. To this day, nigga. To this what are you talking day? about? <laughs> Why don't I know I this? will show you the video afterwards. It's this, this, it's this, it's this spider who um, was talking about... Gosh, what was he talking about? I think he was talking about something regarding racism after a fight. And just like how like black people are still fighting. And like just his... his um, the, the way he was emphatically just... To this day. To this day. It's like, it was so good. That's true. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, no, but, I, you know, the point is that I'm still working through this in, like, different realms of my life because I'm still, you know, trying to walk in what my black is beautiful means to me, okay. you know? And I think that that, you know, that's, that's something that, uh we really have to keep pushing for because I think while platforms like Instagram have helped to elevate different perspectives on beauty, I also think that it is also, like in the process of elevating um, different perspectives and non-traditional views on um, what's a beautiful person Mm -hmm. or a beautiful woman or a beautiful body or a beautiful Mm -hmm. face, hair, Mm -hmm. so on and so forth. It is also elevating um, some of those standards that we've been trying to fight, like that we're trying to fight, you know? Yep. Like the unrealistic beauty standards that... Because filters are crazy. Filters are crazy. You can do so much with these apps. Um, Photoshop is crazy. I will talk more about it soon. <laughs> we should have a whole conversation on it. Oh, we should, man. Because I know that some people are just like, they won't take a photo without a filter. And yeah. it, you know, you have to ask, like, how how far gone are we? Because um, you start to you start to take, you know, like if you take pictures with filters all the time, you like you don't when find you, yourself attracted, right? To filter. Like when you see your face without that filter, what do you see? Yeah, and that is, you know, that's something that it gives definitely distorted. has to address. Like that's that's research it right there. It gets distorted because it's research. Like, Oh, we should fucking do it. We should. Oh my god, because I'm pretty sure like the difference between some, what someone else sees and how they would rate you uh-huh. is different from how you would rate yourself. Look at the fucking academics out High here. Five me. We <laughs> <laughs> will do this stuff. We can write this shit down before we forget it. No, we should because that's a real thing, man. And like I think that that particularly for adolescents and young adults, and I think that we should specifically talk about it around like with black womanhood mm-hmm. because again, like just. Thinking of the mountains that we have. Colorism component. Yeah. Because some of those filters will lighten your skin. Mm -hmm. And they, you know, some um, just different things. Like, if you you could be a thick girl already and you're still using apps to accentuate those features because they've become so unrealistic to, you can have a 26 inch waist and Mm -hmm. still feel like it's not small enough. You got to shave it down to it's 23 so that you're looking almost cartoonish in a sense but it's 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 we getting off track we get but research we're going far we are going far (laughs) 
<laughs> but anyway, I think about like, yeah, just in, in getting, you know, talking about this with humility and modesty and whatnot. I think that in this conversation, we have to always think of like, what kind of solutions could we offer? What would be the way in which we would, you know, help to advance this dialogue beyond just what the problem is, but also what does a um, resolution mm-hmm. look like? What mm-hmm. kind of strategies can we put forth to help people who may be feeling this way? Mm-hmm. And first and foremost, I'll say it up front because CBT is my jam. So I know that a lot of the thoughts that I mentioned already are maladaptive ways of thinking. And when I think in this way, it affects how I feel Mm -hmm. and thus leads to behaviors such as not, you know, um, giving myself enough praise. Yeah. You know, like, or if if I could step up for something, going for something that I may be qualified for, not going for it. Because in my mind, oh, you're not qualified for it just yet. Or, oh, there's somebody who's more qualified than you. Mm -hmm. And so just thinking of, and I don't want, it it can be that linear sometimes, like that that relationship between your thoughts, your feelings, and your behaviors. But sometimes it's not always that linear. I just want to throw that out there. But in this case, the way I'm explaining it now, it's a a pretty linear process Mm -hmm. for me. And so... First and foremost, what we have to do is check in on what we are thinking. Yeah, and having some positive self-talk, like what, I've been through a lot, like in this program, mm-hmm. and it's it's definitely caused me self-doubt. Like some of the stuff that I've dealt with have been, you know, I've come in with. Yeah. You know, it has been my own personal issues, but there have been moments you know within the program that have exacerbated those issues or caused issues that were going away to return you know what i'm saying procrastination is a crazy fault of mine and i actually got past it within this program but there have been situations within the program that have caused me to like revert backwards yeah you know what i'm saying and it's it's been really hard and what I've had to to finish this because I cannot give up on this. I've had moments where I've thought about it and I didn't want to do this anymore. And I was just like, why am I here? You know, I'm not happy. But at this point, if for nothing but financial reasons, I can't stop. Oh, yeah. There's also many re- better, deeper, greater reasons. But... You know, because I can't stop, I had to come to a point where, well, what are you going to do mentally to check back in? What are you going to do mentally to keep going? And one of the things I had to tell myself was your journey is your journey. And whatever roadblocks you come to along the way, understand that they're just that and you will find a way around them. It's just something that you have to learn to do to find your way through it or around it. Right. And no one else's standards are your own even though other people have a trajectory and they have a path for how they want to get from point a to point z right it doesn't mean that that has to be yours and it doesn't mean that other people get to dictate what your path and process is you are yourself and you are fine like i just been telling myself this over and over again as we go along that reminds me that someone actually, uh, not that long ago, I had an interaction with someone that uh, basically they asked, well, why aren't you at, you know, point B? You're still at point A. Why are you, you know, this, that, and the third? And I had to tell them, like, you know, I'm I'm not on, I'm not getting there on your timeline. Yeah. You know, like, I have no, to... I have to focus on what's going to be the best route for me and dealing Mm -hmm. with what's before me right now Mm -hmm. so you don't get to tell me where I should be based on what your thoughts or beliefs or expectations are around Mm -hmm. this particular thing and I think that that's like what you were saying is such like an adaptive you know kind of way of thinking Mm -hmm. and I want to remind people that we, you know, you and I have an advantage because we 
live and breathe this kind of, um, you know, like intervening in complicated situations in our own lives with yeah. the tools and like, you know, tapping into our skill set to address certain things. Like we know what kind of weight, like how to self talk, like, you know, implement positive self talk right. or to do this kind of breakdown and this kind of self um, evaluation and just analysis, you know, analysis and whatnot. I want to encourage people that if you are struggling with that, it's okay to seek help to, you know, like to reach out to seek out therapy. Yeah. Just, you know, give it, try it on for size because, um, a lot of what we know now comes not only from our own experiences, but as a result of studying psychology. Mm -hmm. And I was watching this little, uh, this, it's this thing called like conversation with a hundred women or something on own on Oprah's network. And so they were talking about mental health last night and there was a panel. One was a comedian. Another lady was the, um, author of, um, eloquent rage. I forgot her name, but, um, I think she has her, she has her PhD in something. I can't remember, but it wasn't mental health, but her book, uh, sounds like something like that would be fantastic. Like I would recommend to a patient. And, um, also this actress who's on the show, um, queen sugar, Mm-hmm. And though I thought that it was a really fun panel, I mm-hmm. thought that the actress was giving really aspirational advice. Mm-hmm. And I felt that what that did was it was probably really encouraging mm-hmm. and more so encouraging to the women who may already be on that path to um, self-evaluation and tapping in and knowing thyself and using that to propel yourself forward and to understand when something's wrong and when something's not wrong. Mm-hmm. And I thought that that kind of you know like it could have isolated women who were not quite there or who didn't know how to get there Mm -hmm. and then feeling like well if I can't do this then I'm just a lost cause if I can't tap in so I want to make sure that when we say some of these things they're really aspirational and everybody has their own trajectory of how they get there and sometimes you get there on your own and sometimes you need help so when you hear this Hear me loud and clear when I say that it's all possible to change the way that you think, the way that you perceive things and whatnot. And if you can't get there on your own, right? Like if you, what you like, if you can't do it on your own, it's okay to ask for help. Shit, I get help now. I talked to my therapist for two hours on Mm -hmm. Tuesday. Sometimes (laughs) it's important for you to literally, like, before you even start the doing, it's important for you to, like, talk through all of your stuff first and get to a place where you're like you know what I am all talked out about this I think I'm ready to move yeah you know sometimes people need that yeah Prochaska um, and De Clemente's stages of stages change. of change <laughs> sometimes we go in a whole circle like I'm ready I'm ready to change and then you back up like you know what I'm not so ready yet so yeah. then I need a little bit more motivation and then you, you know, you're edging towards it again. And then you're like, you know what? I got to back up a little bit. I need a little bit more motivation. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you just need it. You just need it. Yeah. And to kind of circle this back to what we were, you know, just talking about, just about being humble and being modest, it's about a balance. Yeah. At the end of the day, what I have to find, what I'm still looking for, what I think I'm getting real close to, and the same for you, is just that balance between being humble so that you are not, you know, just showering people with the I'm better than you and I yes. am the elite and I am the talented tenth and I am the, you know, that kind of, like, yes. that is not, that's, you know, <laughs> that's a, not the thing. But, I never you know, want to be that person. Never want to be that person. Never been that girl. And I think that it's like, find that balance between I'm, you know, I'm modest, but I know I'm the shit. And people tend to already look at, especially when others are not in your position, yeah. they tend to look at you that way. Yeah. You know, this is the, this is They like, put you on that pedestal. This, it's a strange yeah. juxtaposition between like being in this space and, you know, dealing with people of the Caucasian persuasion mm-hmm. and being in this space and dealing with people who are from where you're from, which is like, I'm from lower, I can't even say middle class. I was a lower class from a, from yeah. the lower class, you know, low SES. And, and these are the people that I deal with that I know that yeah. I'm comfortable interacting with that I want to serve. Yeah. You know, so it's hard being in this position 
not trying to not trying to look like the person who is is trying to shit on everybody else right. and, and like I said I'm pretty humble I don't always come out and be like I'm this I'm that I'm right. this I'm that I don't do it but people still tend to perceive you that way right and you have to put in an extra effort to make people comfortable yeah like and I always think make that you make you normal you have to because it's a it's especially when you're in those situations where people are already assuming that you're going to be talking around them and over their head and that you're so this that and the third that how could you even understand and so like mm-hmm. you have to put in that extra legwork to build that rapport yeah. and that's beyond our field that's mm-hmm. what just with anybody who's at a um different level or in the like in a career that is afforded them a lot of privilege and they so happen to be just like more you know more access to things and mm-hmm. so when you're working with people who don't have as much um privilege or access it's just like you have to make sure that you do not make folks feel like they can't talk to you that they can't yeah. work with you that you are above them in some way yeah and i do give us kudos for that because yeah. one thing that we are good at is code switching Oh girl, and yes. that makes us an invaluable asset. Oh yes, I mean, I will most certainly. I code switch so well. Like you should, my this this is this is basically my phone voice anyway. Like this is, <laughs> this is how I talk. Like this is my voice. But then you know, I I change it just ever so slightly. Like hi, this is Bree, and I'm just calling to find out if blah 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 blah. Thank you, and have a blessed day. Yeah. And then I turn it off, and I'm just like, whew. Okay. <laughs> I'm so getting a, I'm getting a call back from that person. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, yeah, but I don't know. <laughs> Let's see here. I think hey. Jinx you owe me. I'm trying to cut back on cold drinks, so cuz I want sweet potato pie. I had one today. It was very good. Jinx you owe me some fries. That's but, fine. We can do fries. <laughs> um, but I just think that, you know, bringing it back to black women yeah um i think that especially in these sort of settings we have to i won't even say like black intellectual women maybe we might be see that is look at it manifesting itself right now as we speak about it because yes we are intellectuals who so happen to be black and women yeah i get that (laughs) part but i'm just like does does this point that i'm making speak for all black women or black intellectual women because well it's black intellectual women because it's i feel like for the most part it's us who feel like we have to prove ourselves yeah, cause and that's what and that's where the whole conversation started was that it's a matter of trying to constantly prove yourself and that you don't want to ever appear more um like like you are not humble because yeah. people are waiting for the opportunity to humble you and humiliate you in some instances. Correct. And so it's like I'm I've I have to work past that because yeah. like we've talked about we've earned our spots. A lot of people. I don't know yeah. not a soul who's in this field and beyond um, women and men who have not worked tirelessly to earn what it is that they have. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes it's, you know, like perceived racism, but sometimes it is real deal. Like, you know, you're not tripping. You yeah. know that she asking you these extra questions, but she does. And I've watched it happen in real time where this person is much more critical of you than this girl who's asking the same kind of questions but she has more room to be confused to yeah. not be certain of what to the next steps should be but the the honest is on you been making a continue to, yeah yeah i've seen i've watched that so it's just like you have to we have to continue like racism ain't going away we, we have, have to, to we have to remind ourselves yeah. where this is coming from. Yes. And, you know, propel ourselves forward in terms of being aware that we we are great yeah. and being fine with saying we are great, but still remembering where it comes from so that when it comes up, because yeah. it will come up, it will come up after we finish grad school, when we go into internship, when we go into our postdocs, when we go imposter syndrome when, is sneaking up. Yeah, when we go into our careers, it's gonna pop up, it's gonna pop up, it's gonna pop up. So being aware that it does exist so that you can address it when it comes up. 
because these issues the reason we feel this way is because it's actual it's actually an issue yeah so why why don't we wrap up this segment because we could talk forever about this i mean this is a good one final thought i'm gonna give you the final thought and i'm just gonna but but i'll say first and foremost before you go i just want to tell you that you're the shit oh thank you you're the shit too thank you i aspire to be like you and I aspire to be like you. Isn't that something? Look at us doing the work. I know. We're trying. Like we're practicing doing the work. You gotta <laughs> You have to put it into practice. We we you have to walk the talk. But mm-hmm. hit us with the final thought. My final thought is that I thought you were talking about modesty in terms of like body image. A little bit you were. And so I was gonna be like, I have no problem with that. I'm fine with not being humble about my body and flaunting my stuff and wearing my thong bikini on the beach. Girl. I really thought you were talking about that. I it's and a I'm it's glad a part I of it. Go there. It's a part of it though because it's taken me a while to honestly get to the point where I'm you know like where I feel like, girl, have you seen me? Like have you know you seen, like have you seen all of this? Have you like and it, and it took a while because I always thought that if I felt good about myself, then especially with just like being a a slim girl who doesn't have like I guess you can say I'm I don't even consider myself to be traditionally beautiful. Mm-hmm. I think I have beautiful features that come together to make me a beautiful person, mm-hmm. and um, that that's how I describe myself aesthetically and and beyond. But um, I I've always thought yo I don't have like the bodacious body i don't have the like you know the light eyes or the you know the tiny cute nose or like i don't have feet like we don't have to like dance around it that's an episode in itself Mm -hmm. about um beauty as capital yeah like that's that's a whole different conversation that we should have next week but saying all that to say it took a while to get to a point where it was just like i'm um i'm gonna wear my phone bikini I don't have the biggest ass, but I like my ass. Okay. I think it's cute. All right. And it still bounce, more bounce to the ounce right. when you hit it right. So. Oh, my God. <laughs> and we're done. <laughs> you always say these things. All right, y'all. Let's take a break. <laughs> All right. Now on to our social media segment because we have been talking for the past 10 minutes. And guess what, what wasn't recording? <laughs> Just this, 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 this talking about Kaya, girl. We were we were literally talking about Kaya and how her line was disconnected while she was on live, and she was trying to figure out why her callers could not call in, and she had her phone on speaker. And the phone said, your line is disconnected due to non-payment. Girl. And that is us. Our line was not connected just now. But I'm we're sorry. not as embarrassed as she. Thank Man, God. That segment was fire as shit, though. We was really spitting some shit. We were really, <laughs> we were really going at it. And we just uh, got shut down. Just like, Kai, I'm ready to get up from this chip. Girl. All right. Look. Let's, we, so we're going to. If you have not seen the video of, of Kaya. Uh, line disconnecting while she's trying to go over the gag order please go and view it and watch her get up from that chair quick as shit girl well what we were um rambling on about before i realized that we were not recording my god was um we were talking about fantasia's comments on the breakfast club and basically how they um were pretty much in line with what i um considered to be you know like pick me ideology and that's not a phrase obviously that i've come up with but when i think of a pick me i just think of somebody who holds true to very traditional um gender roles and a lot of what they perceive as their role like what they perceive their role to be in relationships is um heavily dependent on like uh just being like serving or pleasing a man Mm-hmm. So, um, the man is the head and they are the neck kind of idea. And so, all I was saying is that, you know, if that's what she wants, let her have it. And it doesn't mean that we have to submit to a man in order to get one or keep one. Right. I Like, I've said this before that I don't subscribe to traditional um, gender roles. I'm very much so... A believer in partnerships i will be no one's neck 
and no one's going to be the head of me. Mm-hmm. I am very, very, very committed to the idea of me and my partner being on equal footing on, like, everything. And I don't mean that to say, like, we agree on everything. However, we approach situations with equal investment into, like, our, you know, or equal power in the situation. Right. We're both invested in coming up with a solution. We're both invested in coming up with, okay, what should our, you know, next steps be or how should we handle this? And no one has more say than the other person. Right. And so the the balance is, you know, compromise. You know, we just have to compromise on certain things because there's going to come a point where you guys don't agree in which, how things should go right. and what decisions should be made and what happens in that moment. Like in some instances, you know, from what we read about what Fantasia, Fantasia was, say, was saying, a lot of people would believe that she was saying, okay, you should just submit to your man. Right, and we talked about what does submission mean, and I was saying that a lot of people, um, you know, when you hear submit, you think that it it means just, like, at least when you hear submission within the context of marriage, how people talk about your, you know, wives should submit to their husbands, a lot of people think that it is bowing down to some authority figure and being subservient. And um, I've come to know now that when people say, you know, like you're submitting, it does not necessarily mean that somebody has power, you know, that's being wielded over you, but rather like you as a wife submits to your husband and your husband also submits to you, which just means, again, like I was saying, we all have a stake in what's going on and we're both just, you know, humbling ourselves to, to each other. You know, we're not letting our egos get in the way and that kind of stuff so we can come to a middle ground yeah and i just wanted to give fantasia kind of like the benefit of the doubt and just say that she's not the most articulate maybe you know this man she's with is is not either and so it's possible that they really couldn't articulate what they were meaning but you know when she and her husband doubled back they were just kind of saying well no you know sometimes you know i i am i am the queen of my household she does provide the most financially so she is well aware that she makes a lot of decisions but she is also comfortable with him right you know making some decisions as well or if he if he wants to take leadership on certain things she allows him to do that so i want to say she just you know misspoke a bit you know didn't didn't articulate enough what she meant right and maybe she meant what she said and said what she meant, but she's backtracking because people are giving a flag. That's quite possible. And honestly, like, I mean, she is the breadwinner. And so by all, if you want to keep it a buck, you would think that she would have the final say on everything in the household. She won't keep it traditional or whatever right. like that. It's just like all she's missing is a dick because she's certainly bringing in the bread. But, um, yeah, no, I think honestly, like, I, that's why I'm so adamant about everything having to be like, you know, like on a partnership kind of level and there is no head of household because at this rate, I'm likely, unless I marry someone within my field, unless I marry a doctor, mm-hmm. like just to, statistically speaking, the chances of that happening are very slim um, for as far as like marrying a black man. Yeah. Ideally, I would love to marry a black man. But, um, so it's, it's like, chances are I'm going to out-earn my partner. Those are the chances. Yeah, like, and that's not even me trying to, again, like, I'm being, I'm saying this from the most humble, you know, space possible. That, um, you know, like, I'm, I'm going to be a heavy breadwinner unless I meet somebody who's making upwards to six figures or more. Like... You know, you you know what psychologists, some psychologists make, what a lot of psychologists make. Yeah. And it ain't no chump change. Right. So, um, I'm really, you know, I've really thought about it. And I'm just like, so what does that look like? What does what does that dynamic look like in your household if right. you are out here, you know, busting ass? And it's like, if you didn't marry a lawyer, if you didn't marry a surgeon, 
and stuff like that. You married a guy who has a, you know, an honorable job. He's making his honest living and he just doesn't make as much as you, but he brings something to the table right. and stuff like, does that then mean that you get the final say over stuff? No, we going to go into this together. We're going to make these decisions together and I will not, you know, piss on your parade because I make more than you. I won't right. do that to you because right. I wouldn't want you to do it to me. Exactly. But, um, yeah, no, you'll never catch me in a position, sis, where anybody is going to tell me what the final say is on, on my shit. Right. Or what the, what's happening with my kids. Oh, daddy said that, you know, or, you know, or dad said we can't go this way or we're not going to do... No, ma'am. No, ma'am. I'm so sorry. No, ma'am. No, ham. No, ma'am. No, ham. No, fur. No, sir. All right. I will not. <laughs> All I, right. I just couldn't. So uh, I think that's pretty much it as far as that social media topic. is concerned. Last one. Last one. Um, Insecure's Issa Rae may be partnering up with New Line to produce, a re- reimagine, remake of Set It Off. Day after day. Dead after dead. That that idea, I, I you move. cannot, <laughs> you cannot remake Set It Off. I just keep imagining Queen Latifah in that final scene of her getting, you know, filled with bullet holes and just the dramatic, the, the, the dramatic um, acting. Uh-uh, you just can't. You can't. Like, you can't replicate that. Queen Latifah, legendary. Jada Pinkett Smith, legendary. Vivica A. Fox, before all the work done, legendary. Don't forget about your girl. I forgot her name. I don't know her name, and I feel so bad about it. But Kim, I think it's Kimberly. Kimberly, but I forgot her last name. Um, but her first Shout name out is Kim. Yeah, because it's like honestly, what Hollywood is is doing and doing too much of mm-hmm. is um, trying to profit off of nostalgia. And I think that we need more creative writers and more creatives in general in the rooms to come up with films and TV shows and things that are, you know, new. It's time. It's like, it's real cute that Disney is remaking, you know, like they've remade Aladdin and they've done The Lion King and Mulan is coming down the pipeline and people are talking about Hercules might be next. Yeah, you so know, just, they might just be trying to get in on some of their remake action. Yeah, like that's what they're doing. It's like they are literally um, but you know what? Flipping for, a profit off of nostalgia. I love it, but for me, especially like with, you know, for the black community, we need original content. Oh, and I love point. it. Like, have you watched um, lots of original content? What is that show? Black Black Lady Sketch Show? Well, yeah, and sometimes it's funny. Sometimes it's funny. Sometimes it's funny, but it's a little inconsistent to me at this point. I'm not knocking it because I feel like all shows grow. Of course. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and uh, I'm gonna still watch it. Like even if I have I'm a straight face through entire, throughout the entire episode, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna even though I'm flat right throughout the entirety of it. Because sometimes I'm not. You have to support it. Yeah, because it's all black women's like writing team. Exactly, and it's not a remake of anything. And so I'm that's, gonna give that's it the on. part that that gets me. F- you know, to watch it. It's not a remake right. of anything. Robin Thede had an excellent idea and she's watching it, you know, grow and manifest. And I'm just like, how can I not support that? Yeah. She was on BET and she had her own show. And actually, you know, that was funny. Like, they, there was a good show, but because viewership was down, she just, they had to cancel it. And it's like, we we have to, when we ask for new content, we have to support it. We You're have right. to give it a chance to You're grow right. and fall. And, like, sometimes it's not going to hit right the first time. But give it a chance. Because then the next thing I have out I, is I can't, I, even though I'm like, run, 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 and I'm like, it's inconsistent. It's not always funny to me. Mm-hmm. I have watched. And mm-hmm. I've watched more than one episode. I think I'm at, like, five. Yeah, no, and I've cackled at some of the things, like, uh, the, um the the ball with Bob the drag queen who was on the mic and whatnot and it's like yes, show me was so clinical fun. depression yes you haven't left the house that in three days shit. it really was that shit was that, that was, shit was funny yes that shit was yes. funny <laughs> she's especially, like, especially with the just the, you know like yeah. watching it next to like at, when you're watching Pose yeah that is 
Comical. It was so funny. <laughs> what was the one that he was saying? Is like it, it was like the the awkward, like the one where it was like she is so socially awkward. She yes. just asked the waiter, um, or what'd you say? Enjoy your food, and she said, "You too, bitch." Huh? He's at work. <laughs> <laughs> I, I could not. So yeah, no. Sometimes it hits, and sometimes yes. it's just like, okay, well, maybe this kind of sketch. There's so much you can add to it, and so it's like trial and error. So I'm gonna give it to her. Like Robin Thede, you will get all of my views. I and agree. I can't wait till Insecure come back because that shit the hit fact me is, in my is that soul. They're, they're sitting there, they're writing. Yeah, and they're working. And they have so to. They're working it out. Support that shit. That's what writers do. Support even if you're not watching it, stream it. Get the numbers up. All right. You know, like agreed. Get the numbers up. We've ended on a good note. No set it off, but we will be there for the original content. Oh, for sure. Give me more. Can't wait to Insecure come back, man. Yay. It's going to be so much fun. Oh, I know. I know they're going to deliver because that uh, that last season was a filler. But All right now. Why don't we go ahead and wrap up because we have places to go, people to see, things, things to, to do. do. A bed to be slept in. People to do. No, ma'am. No? No, ma'am. I mean, I'm being told no. So, um, all right, cool. We'll <laughs> bounce with the ounce, y'all. Later. <laughs> <laughs> Joseph.